everybody, and welcome to another Christmas episode of This Game Where, with me, Ashley. And me, Chris. Hello, everyone. Yay, Christmas. I'm not well into Christmas this year. No? No. Why not? Have you got your decorations up? Didn't this morning. Did you? Wow. Right. Well, yeah. We're probably not going to put any up. No. Is that bad? Bar humbug. We're not going to be... We're not having Christmas here, and we're not really going to have visitors, probably. So... It does feel a bit... Like, to put them up and then have them up for sort of three weeks and then yeah, take them down again. Last year, we ended up putting them up, I think, on Christmas Eve, I think Hannah reminded me. Christmas Eve. Because someone was coming round and then uh, Boxing Day, we took them down. Jeez, what's the point? We've humbugged our way into mm. our, our 30s. You do you. Yeah. Less hassle. True. Yeah. I always think when you take them down again, the house was really empty. You kind of get used to them on the periphery of your vision. Yeah. Yeah, and yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I don't. It just doesn't feel the same. But it's nice getting them out. Like this morning, I enjoyed being like, "Oh, that was that thing from this thing that we did," and "Oh, that was a thing I, like that that. I made when I was six. It's, it's yeah, nice. that would be nice. But we didn't have those things from when we were six. Uh, I don't think, as far as at least I know, Hannah does have some. So maybe I'm just being selfish. But it was Hannah's idea. Stop, stop leveling things. You don't even understand the situation. <laughs> Are you saying it's all my fault and I'm an awful? Terrible Scrooge. Stop it. No, I don't think you did either. Just running away with myself. Are you all right? Did we do that? But Christmas. It is Christmas. Stop touching them. They're not yours yet. I want to have my presents. These are the first Christmas presents I've had this year. Are they? Hmm? Well, it's quite early. True. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, it's the, what is it, the 17th of December? That's when this is coming out. So that's when it is. It's the second. Don't don't ruin it. The second. Don't ruin it. still at our house. All right. If you if you'd been here from the second to the seventeenth, that's too long. It's too long. People will be wondering where you were. Yeah, I'd start paying you rent, wouldn't I? Yeah. You, do you pay on a daily basis? Because I'll take it. No. Mm, okay. Do you want to talk about a game? It's a game I got for Christmas. Yeah. Yeah. All right then. I got it in two thousand and one. So there's your first clue. The rest of your clues, like you've just fingered your way to finding out, are in front of you. Do you want to? Open your presents. I do. So, first one is a bag of spicy hickory smoke flavor mixed nuts. I mean, that sounds amazing. Do you like nuts? I do. Okay, yeah, good. I really do. That's all right then. Savory boy. They were the best nuts that I could they, find. They sound really good. Yeah. Harissa? Harissa? Yeah. How do you pronounce it? Whatever you like. Mm. I was thinking of Clarissa explains it all. That's what it makes me think. Yeah, about. I'd say Harissa. Mm, it's my ones. They sound lovely. Thank you. You're welcome. So it's Any a game guesses? about nuts. Maybe. I can't think of any nut-based games, so okay. I'm going to carry on. So I've got three here that are quite similarly shaped. Yeah. Cylindrical. Yeah. So I'm going to open them. Okay. One, one at a time. All right. Oh my god! Sorry, I'm making a right hash of this. Yeah, what can you do? This is it is Mad Squirrel Aztec Mountain IPA. That sounds nice. Six point two percent. Strong, isn't it? Yeah. Just didn't even look at that number when I bought it. Sorry. A a lovely beer. I don't know. I haven't had it. Okay. Just I can't drink beer. Oh. So there's a squirrel and some nuts, or beer and some nuts. Yeah. I'm guessing this next one is going to be another kind of... These clues work on so many levels. Yeah? Yeah. What did you say? Another can of that? Yeah. Are you going to be disappointed if it is? No, not at all. Because it is. Great. I'll enjoy that later. You're going to get smashed. I like the... uh, I like the... This is a really strange thing to say. I like the feel of the can. Yeah, no, it is a nice feel of the can, isn't it? They've done a good job with the labelling. Is it the same flavour? Yeah, it's the same flavour. They they do have other flavours, but I couldn't find any. Do you call um, shower gels? Do you call them and candles? Do you call them flavours? Yeah, I probably would. Yeah, yeah. I do as well. And it's been remarked upon that it's a strange thing to who who remarked that family members. Which ones? My mum. Your mum is a shitbag. She can. What does she call them? Scents. S C N S C E N T S. No, S C N C S. S C. Oh, look at that sound wave as I'm yeah. opening this. That's... I don't know if people are enjoying this. 
We've well, talked all the way through it as well. <laughs> Can't really cut it. Well, I'm enjoying it. There's okay. three of the same beer. Is it a game with the number three in the title? No. Mario 3? No. Okay. Which one next? Is that one and that one? Uh, the the cylindrical one. Do the cylindrical one. Yeah. It looks like a cracker. Yeah. I'm going to have a great night. Three cans of beer and some nuts. <gasps> four cans oh, of beer and some nuts. It's just an It's different... a four pack. <laughs> nice. It's just a punch of beer and some nuts. But you decide to wrap that one in a different way. Well... Well, I don't want to claim the uh, the the idea for my own. And this one, this is the last one. I mean, have you got any guesses? Because that will give it away. I think. I think I know what it is. Okay. I'm guessing it's going to be conquer. Okay. Conquer's by Fur Day. Okay. And this what makes is you think because it's got a squirrel on, and it's 2001. Okay. And this that I'm opening now is nice. For the Xbox One. It's going to be my first Xbox One game. I thought it might yeah. be, yeah. It's the Rare Replay collection. That's, yeah. That's solid. So this is the only Xbox One game that I own physically. And yeah. it's just, I bought it before I even had an Xbox to play on. Right. Because um, I got it for a good, I just got it for a good price. And um, well, this is the, this copy you're giving No, me. no, right. no. I had to get you your own copy. Right. Um, but it's one that I just wanted to own because it's a nice collection of games. Yeah. It's, it's all of Rare's games up to a certain point. And it includes... Which I'm looking game? at the back. It includes Conker's Bad Fur Day. And you've got three beers I've made got by... Four beers. Sorry, made four by beers. Mad Squirrel. And you've got... Bag of Nuts. Yeah. Squirrels like nuts. They do. In winter. They do. Yeah. So these clues, I think, work on multiple levels. That's good. Because actually Conker's Bad Fur Day opens with Conker having a hangover. Right. So BS. Okay. Uh, and also, it's quite a crude game, so nuts. So yes, squirrels like nuts, but also Conker likes nuts, or you know, the nuts. game Conker. The the rare developers, the rare developers like nuts. Rare in so, some senses. Yeah, that's that's the idea. It's cool. Conker's Bad Fur Day. Great. Is that oh, okay? Well, number one, that's a great selection of presents. So oh, thank you. Good. And number two, yes, that's okay. That's the I've... bit I forgot to do, isn't it? When I said I didn't say that's a great selection of presents when you gave me my presents. Yeah. I was just like. Why is the straw upside down? And, and so on. And then I accused the straw of being broken by bubbles, which... Yeah. Yeah. Um, but, of course, that was last week, so, you yeah. know... Uh, yeah. Um, yeah, Kong's by Ferdinand. I've never played this game, so yeah. I'm quite excited to play it because what? it's it's supposed to be quite good, isn't it? Right, okay. Cool. Okay. Cool. Isn't right. it? Okay. Um, yeah, I... I so, Kong's by Ferdinand came out in 2001, and it was for the Nintendo 64... We talked, I don't know if we talked about it in the last episode or maybe during the, like towards the, after we'd stopped recording, but we talked about certain things happening in 2001 as well. Do you remember what happened in 2001 that we talked about? Well, the big boy games. Well, big boy games, yes. And that is relevant here um, because this is a Nintendo slash rare uh, effort at a big boy game. Is it the fact that this is a, a game that went out of its way to be as awful as possible. It did. It did do that to to a degree. Yeah, to a degree, I, I yeah. think. Well, yeah, it could have been a lot more awful. Yeah, it, it's not like a Serbian film or anything. No. It's, uh, <laughs> it's it's its own. It, it has limits. Yeah, and it's always trying to make you laugh. Although I think that there are some potential troublesome moments oh, in this great. game. It, uh, if you were to look back on it, um, the GameCube released in two thousand one. Okay. And this is on the N64. And the game, Conquer's Bad Fur Day, I can't remember if it was in its first year or its first week, but it sold some, some. it sold 55,000 copies in its first one of either the week or the year. And okay. It wasn't a particularly strong seller. And one of the reasons was everyone was abandoning, abandoning everyone that jumped on the ship of the, the, good, the good Nintendo 64. Um, was abandoning ship, largely not for the GameCube, but for the PlayStation 2, which also was out at this point. Mm-hmm. The other thing that happened in 2001 was the Xbox, the original Xbox release. So Conker's Bad Fur Day maybe didn't release at the best time. I can't remember why we're talking about that. 
uh, just because of it being linking back to what we talked about last week. And I suppose interestingly, you've then got the fact that then Rare then went to work for Microsoft as well. They did, yeah. So, so that was uh, some some time after. But yeah, that is that actually is one of the reasons that there is no Conquer sequel, which I was going to uh, say about in the second half anyway. But yeah, Microsoft didn't really want one. Oh. So that's why it didn't happen. They just didn't want one. What they did do was make um, Conker's Bad Fur Day live and reloaded for the Xbox Live, so you could play the multiplayer stuff okay. on Xbox Live. Uh, it was a remaster of, right. of the original game. It did a, quite a nice job of, of updating the game's graphics and, and so so forth. The, the controls as well, which were probably in need of it. Um, so yeah, the game the game released in two thousand one. It was in a climate of of like everybody moving away from the N sixty four. So was so, this like? The last game that came on in Not the last like game, very much but towards the it end. It was to- definitely towards okay. the end. If you look at the games that released in 2001, the only one that I can think of that does stand out is Tony Hawk's Pro Skater 2. And I think you were probably better off playing that on the PlayStation 2. Uh, sorry, the PlayStation anyway. And you also had Tony Hawk's Pro Skater 3, I think, coming quite soon after that as well. So um, it, it was kind of, it was already out on the PlayStation it was a bit of a, a non-starter, although apparently it's a very good version of that game as well. Um, it, it just didn't... So Conker's just... Conker's Bad Fair just didn't come out at the right time. Okay. It started... Do you know Do you know anything about... Do you know anything about its development? So I know that Conker was originally in Diddy Kong Racing. Yes. And that was where he first popped up. And Rare did that in what's now called... Is it called a backdoor pilot, I think, in TV circles, where they do... A, they present a pilot for something like in, a test, in the gun. Like yeah, like a test. So the example I've definitely talked about this in, uh, before on the podcast. In the the last series of The Office, the American version of The Office, when it was coming to a close and they knew it was going to finish, they did a whole episode based around around the character of Dwight Schrute and mm. his farm that he lived on with his family. And it was a whole episode based around that because they were. Can t- we make they, this? Can we make this in, into a series? And they decided not to because um, if you've seen The Office, you will know that Dwight and his family are very weird and strange. And I think the general feeling was that a whole series of this weirdness would just be too much for people. So with Conquer, if I remember correctly, they did Diddy Kong Racing in probably like 98, 99. And Conquer was in it. And I think the plan was to... So he, that was the first time he appeared and it was going to be like a, a cutesy, fluffy platformer. And it was to introduce people to the, that character via Diddy Kong Racing. And during development, they decided to make it not a cutesy, fun, stereotypical platformer and move into what became Conquers by Day. That is the gist of it, yeah. yeah. It's got a few more steps. Okay. In, and, and it actually starts a bit earlier than Diddy Kong Racing as well. Um, it was in development alongside Banjo-Kazooie and was actually oh, okay. supposed to release first. Right. And Nintendo, when they saw what was happening with Banjo-Kazooie, I think they favoured Banjo-Kazooie over Conker. And they also said, we don't want two of these games the same. So they, they seem too similar. So the first iteration of Conker, which is this cutesy version of him, um, it then got changed into a second version of Conker called 12 Tales, which you may have heard bandied oh. around. So 12 Tales was a still a cute character platformer with um, like a wholesome... Berry, who is his girlfriend, and uh, Conker as main as main characters. Berry, B double R Y. B double R I. Oh right, okay. I thought you meant his his girlfriend was a berry. No, she she's a <laughs> she's a uh, she's a squirrel. She right. come, she's in Conker, uh, okay. Conker's Bad Fur Day, in a very different uh, form, as you'll as you'll see when you play. Um, but they yeah they were going to be they were going to be joint protagonists. They were going to do GTA before GTA did GTA. Um, and they were going to be joint protagonists. You could play as Berry in some levels and, and Conquer in others. And they would also have different move sets. I think um, one of its main mechanics to try and differentiate it from other things was like an emotion mechanic, where they would respond to different things with different emotions. So if you if they were feeling scared, then they would look scared, and if they were feeling happy, they would look happy. And it would be re- it would be in relation to what was happening in the stage but also what they were doing. So, like, if they were wearing a certain hat or something, maybe they'd look happier. Yeah, that's quite clever. Um, yeah. And at the time, it wasn't something that people were particularly doing. So that was one of the ways that they wanted to differentiate it from other games, and in particular from Banjo-Kazooie. Um, 
when they started doing testing for this, no, I don't mean QA testing, I mean like product testing, what, and certainly when they started showing it to journalists, what they got was a second version of what Nintendo had done. Nintendo had gone, this is too much like Banjo-Kazooie. Why are you doing these two games at the same time? Um, well, I mean, Rare were, they were, they were, it's the same developer. They're, they're both making, they're making a three platform. Of course, there's going to be some similarities. Potentially. I, I do get it. Like, it, it's a cute character platformer type thing. Um, but they, so they got that same thing from journalists. The media were like, this is like, but they're just doing Banjo-Kazooie again. They're just doing Banjo-Kazooie again. And, um, and it kind of forced the, rare team that were working on it to reevaluate once again and to shift tack again. So this is all happening in the, in the late nineties across, across several years. Um, 12 tales, as far as I understand, got quite far into development and then was canned. And there is some footage, some limited oh, okay. footage of the game, but there's still not ever been a version of the game release. Right. So um, from what I understand, there are some versions of it floating around but not on, not in a public way. Okay. So they do exist somewhere on a shelf. Nudge, nudge, wink, wink. By this point as well, I don't know if you ever played it, but there was a Game Boy Color game, I think it was, Conker's uh, Pocket Tales, and that had already... Never heard of it. Right. So that had set the template of this, of Conker being a, a cute... Right. A cute character in a cute world. Um, it was a top-down adventure game, Um and it used the same Conker that you would have seen in Diddy Kong Racing at yeah. this point as well. So that version of Conker did actually get a, mm. a release. Not not everybody knows that that happened, but it did. Um, the team that there, there's a tinge to me in this whole the way this all played out of tragedy uh, for the team, and it's because this team that were working on Conker, they were the same team that worked on Killer Instinct. Right. Which is a very aggressive, very violent, for the time, um, fighter. Beat-em-up. Not beat-em-up. Fighting game. Um, like Street Fighter, but 3D and on the in the arcades and so on. Um, and they wanted a break. <laughs> they, wanted, they wanted a break from the adult nature of, uh, of Killer Instinct. So they decided to make a cute character platformer. And they just got... And they, by, by the world the world decided that they weren't allowed what they wanted and they got railroaded into making the most mature Nintendo game that had been seen for a very long time. Is it that the, I always got the feeling that the team were a bit like, oh, okay, okay, you, you don't want the cute character platformer. All right, then we'll just completely flip that on his head. It, was that a deliberate attempt? I think, at I think there was like an element of that. a snooker people. To a degree, yeah. yeah. I, but I also think that Nintendo... So we were talking towards the end of last week's episode about um, this drive towards big boy games and and maturity and this maturity actually being quite an adolescent version of what maturity is and it being built around this nonsensical teenage boy fantasy of war and guns and and girls and actually this is exactly what they injected into into conquer's bad fur day into the conquer thing they injected all of that stuff which is you know somewhat troublesome to a degree and in the game presented in somewhat troublesome ways um that's that's what they were doing and it feels from what i've un, from what i understand it feels like some of it was driven by nintendo okay nintendo were kind of feeling around going we're getting battered for for being the kids platform is there something that we can do to combat that and this was part of that oh, this was okay. so, some of this was one of the ways that they were trying to reach out into that audience and feel about and see what their place was in it. It's a bit too little, too late, possibly. Well, this was still early on. This is mm-hmm. this is two thousand two thousand and one. So, um, actually, two thousand uh, in two thousand, the year before Conquer came out, uh, Perfect Dark, also a rare game, also rated eighteen. Also on this as well, isn't it? On also on there, yes. Yeah. Also on there as well. It's a good game. It is a good game. Um, that was an 18 and again it was a game that felt like it was nintendo and rare alongside nintendo close relationship feeling around to try and figure out where they where how how they leverage that how they get into that and how they understand how they do that in their way um but conquer's bad third day from what i understand you've just mentioned it, it it went for that very adolescent that 
um, silliness. And thinking about the t- the timeline of it, this would also have been releasing concurrently with South Park as well, yes. which is the same sort of humour. Yes, it, it totally is. Yeah. So if you if you are familiar with South Park and you're not familiar with Conker's Bad Fur Day, then that's a very good touchstone um, to to understand what Conker's Bad Fur Day was leaning into because they they definitely did take some cues from there. And in fact, there are direct references oh, are there? Um, to certain things in South Park. So South Park Bigger, Longer and Uncut has a song called Uncle Effer, which I also was singing to you by accident uh, when you arrived earlier today. Yeah. Um, just because it was in my head because I'd been doing some research. Ah, okay. Um, so there are some direct references to the farting chorus bit of that <laughs> the solo. In, this so- in this game. Um <laughs> Yeah, so they, they uh, along with lots of others, which we'll we'll talk a bit more about later. Um, but yeah, it's, it's full of references. This game, which is something else that you might know about it. The game is is crass and uh, crude. Uh, it is scatological. The game is sexualized, uh, like hypersexual. Uh, we we mentioned Barry, the character that is Conker's girlfriend in the original in Twelve Tales. She was um, just just. You know what you'd expect from a cutesy platformer. In this, she's like she's wearing tight, uh, hot pants and a bikini or something like that, and she's a, she's a squirrel, uh, but she's wearing she's wearing sexy clothing and she's got big breasts, like the Lola Rabbit in Space Jam, that kind of archetype. sort of yeah, but even but more, more so yeah. yeah. Um, the the game also uses the F and the C word and C word the C words in it yeah truth. The get it does censor the F and the C word. Right. Um. It, it obviously says the rest of the gamut of of swear words as well. Um. If you asked me, I think what sold this game to me, it probably was to some degree the swearing. Yeah, which I imagine is probably what made that those fifty five thousand units you mentioned. I imagine a lot of that was because that that's my understanding of the game is it's that it, it's from what I understand it's um seen very well like people mm. like it but i would imagine there's a lot of a lot of those fifty-five thousand youths would have been people yeah like talking about it and that word of mouth about oh this game's a bit a bit bit woo a bit way a little bit were a little bit way that was fashion quite yeah it? i know um that's what i mean yeah i do know what you mean um yeah i think it was it was very much marketed in that way um the things that appealed to me were the like the crassness of it, the the swearing, and I think the the South Parkness of it. Probably, I was thirteen uh, when this released, target so market. I was like, I wasn't the target market, but we'll come to that. Maybe, maybe I was tech, kind of the target market. It also had so in in the marketing, one of the things that was shown off was um, a giant poo monster. Do you know about that? I think you've talked about it before. There's, isn't it a boss that you have to flush it down the toilet or something? No, it is a boss. It's a giant poo monster. It sings at you while you're fighting it. Right. It, it's a soprano. So, like, it's singing this operatic um, song to you. And I do remember one of the lines, and again, it kind of rem- reminds me of the lyrics from, from the South Park film. But I won't. I can't repeat it because it's, it's completely it's awful. Um, do they call it Plopra? Because that's surely that's a, they a, a joke ripe for the taking. No, they it? don't, but they mm. should have. Yeah. Um, there is also a whole section in the game that riffs on The Matrix, and that was a, obviously a big thing for <laughs> yeah, it was. for me at the time. I'd watched that when it came out onto video Christ. in 1999, somewhere around there. That's going to so, date. I mean, th- that's also like Shrek, for example. When the first Shrek film, there's a Matrix reference in. It's like, yeah. oh, look, oh, The Matrix. Yeah, oh, yeah. That's I mean, that was seen. a bit later than this as well, yeah. the, first, the first Shrek film. So calling back to that was... Maybe not old hat. I don't know, but um, this one had a whole section of it that was related. That was based on the Matrix. Okay. Like there are nine chapters, and the last chapter is about the Matrix. The tragedy of me having this game is that, and that being one of the reasons that I got it, never finished it. Never got to that. Uh-huh. I I think I did seven. Oh, I got to the seventh chapter, which is based on um, Count Dracula, called Count Bachelor takes off Mel Brooks's uh, Dracula okay. Dead and Loving It to some to some extent. So I never actually got to play the Matrix section, right. which I was I was into the idea of playing. Have you watched it on YouTube since? No, I haven't, no. no. When was the last time you played this game? Well, I sold it. So this is one of the few... I'm really bad at getting rid of things that I have either been bought or that I feel some sentimental attachment to. So anything that I've been bought for Christmas... I probably still own to a large degree because I find it very difficult to get rid of things like that. But this was a game that, as you said, 
it has quite a following. Like a lot of people mm. seem to talk about it. It gets talked about a lot. I think partly because it did sell very low numbers and it is therefore so rare, which also means that it's worth a fair amount of money. Okay. When I sold it, this was several years ago now, uh, when I sold it, I sold it for £140, Oof. which is double what I what wow. what it costs. Well, more than double what it costs. So um, now I, I think it's worth close to £200 oh, if yeah. you wanted to sell it now. Um, but there was a there was a feeling for me like this is a game that's in limited quantity. I've not touched it for getting on for probably getting on for twenty years at that point, and I think someone else could benefit from this. Like they might actually want it. Yeah. So I decided to to sell it, um, and that was the last time that I played it because I wanted to be sure that I wasn't going to miss having it. So I fired it up and I had a little go and. I didn't really think I would miss it, okay. which may be um, sort was, of indicative of how I might feel about it today. That was going to be my query was that I'm not sure, like with what you've talked about so far about it, I'm not sure how well this is going to have aged, but you know, we'll, we'll park that because that's obviously when we play it. Yeah, I think the bigger problem might be the controls. The controls might be a bit of a pain, but we are actually going to play it on Rare Replay. Okay. So we might not have to have to contend with that. Lovely. I can't remember what the what the controls are like on Rare Replay. I think when we played Banjo Kazooie, I think we found that the controls that were a bit shonky as shonky. well. But yeah, but that was ooh, just we will see. the the N sixty four. It had I don't this is just I haven't had one of these for years. No, that's what I thought. I thought we probably haven't had one for years. The N sixty four has one analog control uh, analog stick. That's not how you hold it. Please tell me that's not how you hold the N sixty four controller. Chris has, Chris has grabbed the N64 controller on either side of it. He's he not holding it, it by the You don't middle. hold it like that. You bloody do, because you've got the Z. The Z. You've reached across your middle finger and touched that. You are a madman. <laughs> that is not how people you play You hold it N64 like a normal controller. controller. No, you don't. You don't hold it like that. You hold it asymmetrically. You hold it by the centre. You wrap your finger around there, and you hold that side Let me there. be me. That's how, you can't, that's how everyone that I've ever seen hold a controller. N64 controller has held it, and then you've grabbed it like this. Yeah. You're a loon. <laughs> Madness. I need to take a photo of that. Mad. Um, yeah, it's got the one analog stick, which was ahead of its time uh, for consoles. Mm. Yeah, but you never used that. It's complaining about the left trigger. You didn't use that. You used the Z, the Z trigger. Why is it bad then if you don't use it? Well... Because people had choice. Like if you were doing a if you were doing a platformer, you would hold it the way you'd hold it. Yeah, you, well, there you said. go. And so people do hold it like that, but not for oh. this game. Oh, okay. And most games, most three D games, you'd hold it by that middle bit. It was for choice. It's fine. It's You're all insane. good. You're insane. I can't believe you're trying to argue this. Um, what were we even talking about? Controls, Shonky. Yeah, and it's because it had one analog stick, so you had to make compromises on how to. Uh, control the camera a lot of the time it was put onto the c buttons which was again maybe a little bit better than you had for most playstation offerings but still not ideal mm. all of the time but we won't have to contend with that okay. potentially i just wanted to to point out in terms of sales like you said that i was a target market apparently the target market was um college college kids male college kids uh in america and you can see that like it's all the well, not even frat Ferris boys. Bueller. Yes, frat. It's it's that frat thing. Fraternity. Yeah. yeah, it's got that kind of edge to it, if you like. Um, so I was I wasn't target market, and a the very way pie that kind of thing. Yes, that's it. Yeah. Um, the way that they tried to do that, the way they tried to target them, was quite interesting. Um, also quite a new audience, I would have guessed. Like they're mm. the they're the aged version of the people that were playing Nintendo and. And Super Nintendo in the nineties, um, but the the way they tried to do that was quite interesting for Nintendo. They partnered with Playboy, and they did adverts in Playboy. And one of the adverts that I was able to find was Conker. It was a hand drawing of Conker with his face firmly planted between two pair a pair of large breasts of a human woman. Of a human woman. Of a human clarity. Yeah, because berries are a oh, breasted. True. A, a breasted. Um, Squirrel. So yeah. I've never seen one that's particularly breastacular. What a sentence. Barry is a breasted squirrel. <laughs> Sorry, I don't, I don't know how else to say that. 
Well, to, to give Playboy a break, you know, it, it is a it's a lifestyle magazine for men, isn't it? That's what they say. Oh, yeah. Exactly. I mean, actually, to give them a genuine break, Playboy supposedly gave the start to a lot of writers that became very uh, famous and well well thought of. So there is that. Okay. <laughs> yeah, give, give them the break. I think Stephen King worked for Playboy at some point. <laughs> you know, I think he was. I, I was reading. I I might have misremembered that, but he's got a very good book. Uh, about how he got into writing okay. on writing and how he continues to write. And I think he told a story about how he would send things off to everywhere. Right. Like it just went out to anywhere. And he so he, he wrote for some very, uh, very, very niche, very small sci-fi places. But I think possibly he also, he also got a few bits into Playboy. So, yeah, there you go. Uh, so the, the other conquer between... Um... Oh, I need to tell you another bit. Oh, Sorry. Yeah. Um, so was that just the advert? Was just that image of Conker yeah. doing that? Right. Yeah, right. I'll find it for you. You can see it. it um, the other oh. thing, and this is this is even more strange and more surprising. I did not know this had happened until until I was researching this. Um, in two thousand at E three, uh, Nintendo had an adults only area for just for this game, just for Conker's Bad Fur Day for people to play it. The adults only area had a bar. And the bar sold beer. Well, didn't sell beer. Gave pe- gave free beer away, which is not very Nintendo as far as I understand them or have understood them. Um, it also gave away free themed condoms. Great. Yeah. Co- Conker's Bad Fur Day condoms with Conker's face Conk-doms. on them. Condoms. Mm, that sounds awful. That sounds worse. <laughs> there were four of them with like limited edition condoms that they were given away for free and they all had different patterns, like different different pictures on them. I then found out that it's not the first time that Nintendo tried to use condoms to sell their games. Right. Because in 1998, in Europe, in Germany specifically, Nintendo of Europe ran a series of ads in a variety of print magazines, which had the subheading, like the, what do you call it? The mon- I don't know what you call it, like the sales spiel, the patter. Yeah. Um, it was, it had Nintendo 64, then underneath Nintendo 64, it had in, capitals feel everything and nine words one of which was euphoria each of those nine words represented nine like a game on the nintendo 64 and when if you were selling a certain game they would highlight the word they would have a a a picture that was apparently representative of the feeling that you'd get playing that game so that was the setup Right. The the word euphoria was one of the words, and the picture was an XX extra large condom, and it was to sell. Would you like to guess? <sighs> I Diddy Kong Racing. I mean, good guess. It was 1080 snowboarding. Right. <laughs> they okay. were selling. They were using condoms to sell 1080 snowboarding, and it was ex, yeah, as I say, X X extra large condom. Well, fair play to Nintendo for. They were trying. Safe sex. Yeah. And there the were... whole adult bar thing, that smacks, going back to what we said uh, about 10, 15 minutes ago, it smacks to me of Nintendo trying to be a bit like, oh, there's an adult zone, like just creating a bit of like a buzz around mm. it in, in what seems to be quite a heavy-handed way, I think. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think so, yeah. Um, there, were, there was a third time that I think I can remember that condoms came into the marketing or the, the, the Nintendo thing. Can you think of, of what I might be thinking of? The only other thing I can associate with genitalia Nintendo is when Stormy Daniels said about about um, Donald Trump and Toad. But we'll we'll move on. Oh yes, yeah. I do remember that. No, it was. Do you remember people were battering the, the, themselves? And battering their themselves. They were. They were. They were. They were battering themselves, battering the things in their rooms, and battering their siblings and and loved ones with we um, oh. You know the oh, great yeah. debacle of Wiimotes. Yeah, the and cheese. Then, yes. Yeah. So they got they got to be known as controller condoms. Uh, so yeah, there's been a long Great. and storied history with uh, Nintendo and condoms, and part of it was was in trying to sell Conker's Bad Fur Day to to frat boys in America in the in the early 2000s. What a um, life! We've been talking a long time, and I, there are a few bits that I did want to cover. Um, did, I, I'm going to do it nice and quickly. I, I'm going to try anyway. I don't do very many things quickly. Um, so one of the things that I wanted to say was that this game was a big deal to me. Like I did, I genuinely was excited for this game. The year before, I remembered this and thought I was a very lucky person. <laughs> um, in two thousand, in the year two thousand, I got Mar- uh, Majora's Mask, which had come out that year. Great. I got Donkey Kong sixty four, and I got Star Wars Episode One Racer for my 
Christmas presents that year, or some of my Christmas presents. I'd also got Perfect Dark uh, during the year with some birthday money, not realising that you could only play the multiplayer of Perfect Dark unless you had the expansion pack. Oh, yeah. So I got that in May when it released, and then had to wait until Christmas when I got the expansion pack with Donkey Kong. (sighs) To play the single player game, so basically, I got the single player of Perfect Dark for Christmas as well. So that was a like a oh, and I got Zelda: Ocarina of Time with those as well. So that's five super solid, I think. Yeah. Anyway, I think anyway, some super solid games. The whole expansion pack thing, though, the fact they were selling the game, but oh, you I know. actually like yeah, yeah. Well, oh, you it? could have got the expansion pack, but it costs sixty oh, yeah. quid itself. Yeah, exactly. That's what I mean. The I got that, that they were Don- selling a half the game essentially. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I got Donkey Kong sixty four. I think it was thirty five pounds with the con with the pack with the expansion pack. For like, I I put my mum onto it when I saw it. I was like, "That's a deal." Yeah, that shouldn't cost that much. Um, and it also meant that I could play Perfect Dark. Mm. Um, and I was so w- what I wanted to say was, I was excited about. Obviously, that was a brilliant year. I was as excited about getting Conquest Bad Fur Day as I had been the previous year about getting all mm-hmm. of those games. And I only got Conquest Bad Fur Day in that one year. So. That's how big a deal it was yep. for me. Uh, there are nine chapters. Uh, they're called Hunger... Well, they're referred to as these. I don't know if they're actually called it, but they're referred to as Hungover, Windy, Bats Tower, Barn Boys, Soprano. Guess which one that is. You said uh, Plopper, but they went for Soprano. Ooga Booga, which is a um, caveman time classic one. Uh, Spooky, which is where Dracula crops up. It's War, which is the same Private Ryan riff, which you might have seen some of. Uh, and Heist, which is the Matrix. Is this what they're all called in the game? Yes. Well, no, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know if these are names that have been given to them right. or whether they're in the game. Okay. I don't remember, but I don't think they can be, because like you say, they're not they sound very a bit catchy. developmenty. Yeah, they do a bit, don't they? Um, the game, as I've, I've intimated, is thick with uh, film references, and references of various different kinds, but film references in particular. One list that I found had uh, itemised 40-odd... <laughs> different references to diff- to 40 different films. Right, okay. And some of those films were being referenced multiple times. Okay. So over the course of nine stages or nine chapters, you've got these 40 different films that have all been referenced in various different ways. Sometimes just stay aligned, sometimes whole chapters devoted to a particular film. Father so, Ted is one of them. IMDb pages when you go on like, mm. like look references like that. Father Ted, that's... that's uh... I won't say niche, but it's not necessarily niche, is it? It's just a surprising reference. Which one? Father Ted. You know, yeah. you've got you've got Saving Private Ryan, The Matrix, Father Ted, mm. which doesn't quite sit alongside, does no, it? No, no, not but necessarily. Fair play, it's a great show. Um Yeah, so there was a multiplayer thing and I just want to touch on that. I didn't really play it too much, but there were some quite uh there were some quite distinct modes in that. One that I did play with my friends was Beach, and a lot of people probably will remember Beach. From the sound of it, you can probably guess what it was. It was the Saving Private Ryan, Storm the Beach. You were in a team. One of the players, though, would be the people trying to mow you down with a a machine gun. Um, So it was asymmetric, which I quite liked. Yeah. Um, There was then also Raptor, which was ride around on dinosaurs. Um, There was War and Tank and Deathmatch. They were sort of shootery-based ones. Um, And there was Race, but Race was a bit bare bones. I think I only had two tracks. Uh, I don't think I really ever played it. It's a shame, really, because of the Diddy Kong link. That mm-hmm. They didn't make more of that, mm-hmm. but they didn't. Um, the multiplayer might be interesting to have a look at yeah. if we get time. Uh, that is, as I say, as quick as I could do that and everything that I've got to say about Conquer. You're good. Thanks. I think the only way to come into this second half is to ask you what you think. <laughs> no, <laughs> that's not the way. No, I was, was being earnest. I was being serious. No, and you just farted all over it. Well, that just seems to be a- appropriate for the tone of the game. Okay. We did fair. just do a bit where you did a bit where the music, it was it was set in a like a sewer area. It's the it's a dung hit heap. It's dung a dung heap. hill because there's dung beetles, isn't it? Of course. There? And the music was 
plodding along quite nicely. And, plopping along quite Well, yeah, it was plopping along. And yeah. then suddenly it dropped out and then it was replaced by a chorus of people blowing raspberries to the tune. And I thought it was very funny. Yes. Yeah, no, I think that is a genuinely yeah. funny part of the game. I do. And I think that there are a number of, of parts of the game that are funny. And there are a number of different ways that it's trying to be funny. So I highlighted the crassness of it. And it is. Yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. I was going to say unashamedly crass. Yeah. It's very aware. Um, so to give us your question about what the game is like, I feel very conflicted about it. Mm. I don't think it's a particularly good game. I think it is structured interestingly. Some bits of the humor... You mean geographically, like the way that it's a cohesive world? Is that yeah, 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 I like that. Um, some bits of the humor made me laugh, like mm. the... The music bit I just talked about, some bits of the humour have really not aged well at all. No. So all these things together, like I just don't know what to make of it. Yeah. yeah I think you you pointed in the in the direction of even at the time that this released, some of this would have been a bit icky. Yes. And I think I think you you are right. I think also some of it, like there was some fat jokes that were being made. I think unfortunately that they, they were par for the course in a in a lot of senses. Yeah, well you um, had like this would have been around the time of like the Eddie Murphy remake of The Nutty Professor, wouldn't yeah, it? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Where yeah. there was the a lot of the jokes were, Hey, they're overweight. Yeah. So some of the humour that might not feel okay today at the time was considered yeah. okay. Um, at the same time, I think there were some things that maybe weren't. There are also some things that are, are even fine now, like the the fart song. Yeah. That seems fine. The the melody that, that is just people making fart noises, that's great. That made me laugh. Um, there, there are some troublesome, I, I kept saying using the word troublesome, I'm trying to avoid the word problematic. Debatable. Pre- yeah, representations of of certain people through accents, like the the fact that the dung heap is populated by a bunch of Scouse Liverpudlian um, dung beetles. I don't know how who are just up for a fight all the time. Yes, yeah, and and are you know crude, crude, crude in their speech. Yeah, um, that's maybe a bit. Mm. Not sure about that, but. It- Draws on Harry Enfield, which would have been sort of a to decade an, uh, earlier. To, to a degree, yeah, definitely. Um, which actually, at that point, I did like elements of it where it wasn't trying to be crude, the humour, where it came across as being very British. There was a whole scene yes. with a, a Grim Reaper that mm. was very similar to the kind of dialogue and, and lines that would have been found in Terry Pratchett. And the the death character didn't like cats because cats were having nine lives and he shuffled away moaning about how he didn't like cats and called them the little pricks. I thought that was quite funny. Yeah, I, I think so too. And uh, I think that's where this is. It's difficult to tease out the tangles yeah, of, absolutely. of the good stuff and the bad stuff. And there is there is some good stuff to see, and there is some enjoy some things that you can enjoy on its own merit. I think the Britishness of, of certain representations and 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 elements of the humour that was cool. Um, I think there's also some meta critique of uh, of games as a medium that's going on, and even though it's not always funny, ha ha, it is kind of funny. A wry smile. Yeah, so there's a wryness to that, yeah. It's like another layer, another strata to it, where you've got things about, like, there's this whole sequence that keeps popping up about uh, you on a specific platform, you have to press B to, it says context-sensitive buttons, and it keeps using the phrase context-sensitive, context-sensitive, which we can, we are assuming is kind of some kind of reference to that being the, the terminology, the buzzword of the of the the time it came yeah. out i think there was an element of buzziness uh, about context sensitiveness and there was um something to do something relating to ocarina of time it wasn't the first context context sensitive game but i but i believe it was the first game that made explicit it, the context sensitiveness of it of a certain button so when you were in certain positions or you were moving in certain ways the I can't remember which button it was, but on screen it would tell you this button's going to do this in this context. So running, this button will allow you to roll and right. standing still, you might get your sword out. I can't remember the exactness yeah. of it, but it would actually, it made explicit the context sensitive nature of that button. And I think context sensitive 
uh, behaviors was a was a bit of a thing around this time and this game was making a real meal, meal of it yeah. like they they were trying to die they were dining out on it there was one bit right at the beginning when it was sort of tutorial land where a rock landed in front of the door that you had to get out uh, get through and you'd already gone through a bit of a sequence quite an extended sequence to be able to get to that door in the first place so this was like oh another obstacle and then right next to that was a contact sensitive pad where you just press b and he pulled out some tnt and blew it up so it was like yeah you're gonna have to do this big extended onerous thing you think but then actually you just press b and it 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 clears the clears the obstacle um so yeah there's some stuff like that there was a a big burly straw boss character made made of straw um who dropped out of some eaves and and made some comments about wandering around aimlessly while he waits for you to come back or whatever that's what that's what characters do yep. generally in games when you're not around i guess and a few other bits like it, it was it was narrative uh on uh yeah it was meta narrative around the medium and that was cool yeah that was that was interesting that was nice to see people poking fun at the thing that they do something likeable about it yeah sure. and then the other thing i liked about it was the the geography of it so i'd mm. got into it thinking it would be similar to banjo kazooie which was mm. similar to mario 64 in that you had a hub world and then levels that branched off from the hub world and this was very linear up to a certain point it was linear and then there's one point where it branched off it gave you two opportunities two paths to take and actually one of the paths you could explore you couldn't actually go do anything down that so you had to backtrack and go down the first path which would then take you back to the second path yeah that that path that you couldn't go down you did actually you did actually go down there and one of the things that i didn't realize was that it um so it was doing this quite a lot all the way through the bit that we played through it was seeding things for the future Mm. it was doing uh, foreshadowing and the the section that you ended up in basically first uh it showed the feral reserve yeah I think that is where the last stage takes place. So you've actually the seen, level. yeah, the matrix right. level is, is the heist that you want to take at the end. So at the very beginning of the game, it's also allowed you to see where the very end of the game is going to take place, and it's it's foreshadowed that. And then there was the section, the bit where um, you went up to the doorway, which again is on the way to the Feral Reserve. You went up to a doorway, and it's it had its opening times, and he pulled out a watch and said, "Oh, it's not opening time yet. Opens at ten o'clock." Then we're, when we'd done the barn section, he pulled out his watch and went, oh, it's 10 o'clock yeah. now, um, so we can go back there. Similarly, you you did the barn, and the burly uh, straw man that I was talking about dropped out of the eaves after you'd left. That's foreshadowing the potential that you're going to go back there and you're going to have a fight. Yep. So there's lots of this seeding going on, like this is something that you can do in the future, this is something that you can do in the future, which is quite fun like i quite enjoyed that like and it's not spelling it out it's not saying that this will definitely happen yeah and, it, and it's that rather than being level based it's that it was felt like a quest through this world that was linear but there was sort of deviation from that yeah it, it it's trying to make it even it i think it is quite linear from yes, what i remember I and from what we've experienced i think it is actually quite linear but i think it's trying to put put it across in a less it's linearity in a less linear yeah. way you know, yeah. it's trying to make itself feel less linear than it actually is. But but I think that's a positive that it's yeah, not yeah. it's not hub world level 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 on yeah. the next hub world level level level, mm. which is what many games around this time would have been. I, I yeah. liked that. I liked that it was different. Yeah, yeah. It feels transitional. This is the same sort of time that you do see GTA Three come out, and um, this feels like a game in between the two. It is still what Banjo-Kazooie was or what Mario 64 was. It is still a, a, a somewhat linear experience, but it's also trying to tell a story mm. in a world that is coherent and this place leads to this place leads to this place. Yeah. It's, not, it's not delivered in discrete spaces. It, it is, to a degree, a sandbox, but it's a a sandbox with a very linear pathway that you take through it. Sandbox with not a lot of sand. Uh, I don't know if it's the sand that's lacking here. I know that was a a, a pithy uh, throwaway line, but there's maybe something to explore there. I don't know what it is that's not there here. 
that maybe is there in sandbox games. But yeah, we'll we'll park it. But in terms of positive, uh, move away from positives though. Mm. Like the actual game itself, I'm not sure if it's a good game. Yeah, I, like, I'm not sure either. It, it, it controls better than I thought. Fine. It would. Like, it's mm. like you're doing this, there's some nice platforming with a bit of precision jumping, but I don't know if there's actually much going on. There's not enough going on. Yeah, it still falls back on old tropes. So there were, and, and maybe maybe purposefully so, like maybe it's part of the, the ribbing. The, yeah, the satire element of it. So the, there was a part, in order to obtain access to the barn section, you had to feed a mouse three pieces of cheese. And in order to get the cheese to him, you had to traverse a fairly simple um, track that had these obstacles, which were big re- uh, big metal boxes that jumped up and landed on you and squished you and made you drop the cheese. You had to do that three times. It was quite, it was quite repetitive. Um, and I think there was an element of like a, a wink and a nod to the player and to maybe the, for, for the game developers, this is funny because it's what games make you do. Yeah. Um, but at the but same time, make you do it. in practice, they were just making you do it. And it was a bit boring to to some to some extent. Yeah, no, I mean, to to an extent it was boring. So, yeah, I'm not I'm not sure. Similarly, they, they made us... I don't even know if this was a mistake or not. It didn't feel like... Uh, it felt like a choice. Inside the barn, you had a little argument with a pitchfork... And then the pitchfork tried to have at you, oh, yeah. and um, you had to you had to make him take out all of these little straw bales, and there were many, many of them. There were way too many. Yeah, there it were. Took, it, it was much too long. It was much too uh, extended. It was far. It's, it extended far beyond where it needed to get to go. And I don't think that was leaning into any kind of satire. It certainly was. It was lost on me if it was. It just felt like it was. Over designed, overly long for the sake yeah. of being overly long. It kind of brings me back to the to the reason that I ended up actually selling this the the copy that I had, the N sixty four copy of Conquer that I had. I went back to this game to see if I was going to be able to part ways with it, and the thing that convinced me that I convinced me that I would be able to part ways with it was that um, when I jumped back into the section of the game that I'd reached, which was the Count Bachelor mm-hmm. part. There are there are like these zombie uh, squirrels that are attacking you, and it, it you have to walk across these eaves in the in the roof of this castle. And the controls didn't feel very good in terms of walking across these eaves. I kept dropping off them. Uh, it felt a little bit shunky in that way. That happened a few times. The bit that we did as well, though today, the yes. the that, that precision platforming, but actually it's just the not quite there. Is it? not quite yet. Yeah. Um, the the actual zombie characters, I felt in some per- moments it, it felt a little bit unfair or it didn't seem to respond in the way that I was expecting it to respond. So I ended up coming unstuck at the hands of these zombie characters because the game didn't feel quite as well made as, as, I, I, as I was expecting it to be. Um, it... I also, I think, if I'm honest, I think just being attacked by zombies is is something that I don't enjoy. So <laughs> jumping back into that, I realised that actually I didn't have any drive to to push through that and and to finish the game uh, that I'd started. So um, that was one of that that was kind of what was being factored in when I decided to sell it. It just wasn't the game that I remember. Well, not even the game that I remember because I'd given up with it way back when yeah. for that reason because there were these like rough edges that I just didn't really um like yep um and and coming back to it now this early section of the game uh I think they are they are on show from the very beginning um for better or worse there are some good things about it as we've said but I think as a bottom line it would be that bottom line would be that I'm just not sure that it is game that i can enjoy all that much i feel glad that i've tried it as a as a curio just to say that i have tried it and you know i can see why it got some of the praise it got back in the day i can see why Mm. it got some reputation it it got i don't think necessarily i'd go back to it in a rush because the game itself is a bit shonky but 
Yeah, I mean, this is a funny thing to say, having said what I've just said, but actually playing it today has made me think, oh, maybe I will just give that a bit more of a go. Okay. Um, because it's felt, it felt better. And actually seeing your response to it m- maybe made me feel like I was being overly uh, hard on it because you, you did gel, I think, a bit more with certain elements mm. of it, certainly the humour, um, than I had in the past. And there are certain things that I would like to revisit, like the opera singing giant poo opera. monster, just just to see it as a, yeah. again as a curiosity, like a little revisiting of of that. But I'm saying that now. Uh, I think as soon as we finished, it'll probably be a case of it, it's out of sight, out of mind. I won't <laughs> go back to it. If I do want to go back to it, though, again another thing that was a factor in me getting rid of it was. It's available on on the Xbox in a better package. It's got a better controller to use. As much as I love the N64 controller, I do acknowledge that it was a very idiosyncratic controller that had its own problems. Yep. And I would much prefer to use the Xbox controller or any other modern controller. And we played on the, the Rare Replay version yeah. tonight. And the... They've tidied it up in th- They have. It look very sharp it looks nicer than it should have been yeah it's not the live and reloaded version it is the n64 it's a ported well a rom i don't even know i don't know if it's emulated i think it's emulated it is the n64 version it looks like an n64 game by you know there's no there's no bones about that but there's a blurriness that's not that's not there that was they've taken the vaseline away yep but you know the N64 games maybe suffered from. And it is in a high resolution, just simple as that, really. Um, it does just look better. It's, it's more playable as a result. Controls are better. Um, so that would be where I would suggest people play it if they wanted to. It's certainly what I had in mind when I got rid of the game because I bought a copy of Rare Replay just to have because it's a nice package. Yeah. I think that that's something to touch on as well, actually. I don't know what you thought about your little sort of venture into the rare replay. Yeah, I was very impressed. The presentation's stunning yeah. and the, the the whole package of going through these games like, oh, I've heard of that game. That's supposed to be pretty good. Mm. Oh, also the Jet Force Gemini, Perfect Dark, uh, a couple of other ones I can't remember off well, my head. Well, I, I can tell you there's Jet Force Gemini, which is an N64 game. Blast Core, which is an N64 mm, that was game. There's Viva Pinata. I think Viva oh, Pinata yeah. Trouble in Paradise is on there as well. So it's both, of, both, of, them. both of them. There is Perfect Dark on there. There's Cameo Elements of Power, which is yeah. an Xbox a 360 launch title that is supposed to be good, a little bit rote in places, but supposed to be very good. There's Nuts and Bolts, which is uh, Banjo-Kazooie, Banjo-Kazooie's third outing. Yep. There's Banjo 1 and 2. There's the, there's Conker, if if you want to play Conker. That's 10, uh, just off the top of my head, games that I think, grab by the ghoulies, there's another one. There's the, Rare's, Rare's back catalogue is... It, it's pretty great and that's not even including the donkey kong stuff that they did on the super nintendo because that's not on there but the rare replay package just in terms of games is brilliant the way they've packaged them up and the way that they presented them though this is this sort of history lesson if you like is not so much a lesson it's a museum of artifacts and i i think i'd like to see more studios do that and more studios even if they're not like rare caliber studios i think sega have have done it a few times on Mm. different consoles with all their classics i think like capcom have maybe done it a few times yeah there's a few people uh, companies that have started doing it yeah there's certainly the there's the contra collection isn't there and there's the castlevania collection they've sort of they've done similar things and i think there's elements of their presentation that are, are very good too i just don't think it's done enough and um if we're going to have any kind we ju- we've talked about this before we won't get into it because it's a big old conversation but there is no reverence for the past yep. in the industry the industry does not have any kind of real attachment to the past except for the the stuff they can monetize and sell resell um as a as a hobby though i think there is a reason that our podcast exists and there's a reason that you know lots of other people have podcasts podcasts like this there's a lot of the you know retro gamer is a magazine for a reason there's a there's a real interest in the history of the industry from our side from the consumer side yeah i just yeah i just love to see that served by studios 
you know, like Devolver in in twenty years, if they were to mm. put out their the best of Devolver or something like that, that's that yeah. that would be amazing. Did you say the rare replay collections on Game Pass? Well, yeah, it is on Game Pass. Yeah, it's also you know reasonably priced if you wanted to get it as a standalone copy. If you're not into Game Pass, if you don't sign up to Game Pass or whatever, or if you want, if you just want to have it, I would recommend having it. Personally, um, you can get it at a reasonable price, various different places. So yeah. Bro. Okay, Conquers Bad Fur Day. I realised partway through as well, Bad Fur Day being a pun, not one either pun, a reference to Bad Hair Day. Never joined the dots with that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, yeah. No, neither had I. <laughs> oh, okay, there we go. Yeah. I felt I kind of realised and kind of thought, oh, we're quite a bit silly, but there we go. No, no. <laughs> it's been 30 years well, nearly. If we learn nothing else, no, at I least haven't. we've kind of understood that kind of joke. Is it yeah. Joke? Yeah. Yeah, we've had a funny Christmas uh here haven't we really because we've had two games on the bounce both christmas presents both sort of like hey it's christmas oh they're not so good yeah in a way i i think out of the two though maybe conquer comes out in front you're not no, sure it's not go too no. far but next week we've got our what we call it gift of the game episode where we're yes. going to say about a game that we are going to recommend for people to buy yeah for their loved ones as a present so maybe that'll get us out of the door just something for yourself if, yeah, if you so. fancy uh treating yourself yeah so join us for that episode next week in the meantime join us on social media facebook twitter instagram and youtube and like share subscribe rate and review yes please thank you again have a good advent and we'll see you next week bye <laughs>